0: Welcome to the Elliot Confidential podcast. My name is Aaron Elliot, and today I'm here with Christopher Elliot and Aiden Elliot, and we're so happy to be with you today. It's so talking amazing talking about our adventures. It's awesome. It's Basel. Be chaotic. It's
1: incredible. We have so much to talk about. Awesome. Where do we even start? I know. We've been everywhere. We are in Basel right now, but we've been to Zurich. We've been yep. to the Graubünden Alps. Yeah, probably. Graubünden Alps. We're in Basel, and I wanted to ask you, Aiden Elliot, what are your impressions of Basel?
2: Uh, Basel has definitely um, impressed itself onto me. How so? Um, well, I say a lot.
1: Okay, Swiss German. Let's talk. Uh, about, let's ask the linguist here because uh, Aaron is a graduate student in the linguistics department over at UMass. Yeah, what is <laughs> Aaron's what, what, Aaron
2: shaking his head? Aaron, what does mean? Oh,
0: Swiss German versus Paul It's just "Donkashun," but you know, Swiss German. I'm no expert in, but. Uh, I'm actually learning how to teach languages, not linguistics, and definitely not in Swiss German linguistics and that.
2: So teach us a little
0: Swiss German, then. Yeah, Swiss German's a little bit different. They say things differently, and, um... Tell us
2: something we're not supposed to say. Yeah, say something like... Yeah, say something dirty, dirty, right? Yeah, Yeah. no, I don't know anything. Okay. All right, enough. Well, but
0: basically, it's, uh, the dialect varies canton to canton. It really is just... Yep. It's a wide variety of
2: Downtowns are like
1: like counties in the, or like, like, yeah. really like states states more like states. They call, they call but, it those
0: states. states, states, states but states. but Switzerland is so small. It's kind of like counties really. Yeah. yeah but, so yeah. in any case, it's you know it's interesting here. Do really? we like
2: Switzerland?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Why do we? Uh, Iden, why do you like Switzerland?
2: It's clean. It's nice. The public transit system is very very efficient and tight and angular and we've just been going all around the place and all of the the little towns look so nice and quaint. It's expensive, but it's nice.
1: It is a very clean place and all the trains run on time. They're expensive and you don't want to get caught on a train without a valid ticket because they will charge Mm -hmm. you like three times as much as you would normally pay. Yes, unless you say
2: say you're gonna get off at the next stop. Which we should have done,
1: but we paid something like 250 francs, which is just over $250. Because we had a,
2: our tickets had expired. It's funny because the next <laughs> stop was the stop we were supposed to go in, and I'm pretty sure they just assume, oh, you got on the train. This yeah, is, this is the first to, time you got yeah, on the train. Anyway,
1: yeah. it doesn't matter. I like Switzerland a lot. Um, it's it hasn't been, you know, if you, there was, it's been quite a switch coming from Cyprus and Israel to yep. Switzerland because the weather when we got here the weather was very nice and now it has really turned cold. Like mm-hmm. it's the high temperatures are in the 40s. But even so, everyone says, oh, at least we have good weather here. And I'm going, you have good weather here? Well, yeah, compared to the rest of Europe, the weather is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Food. Let's talk about food. Uh, Iden. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, Iden, I caught you by surprise. What's food
2: experience been like here for you? I mean, the food is solid. Like there's not much to say because <laughs> it's liquid. as opposed to liquid, okay. <laughs> um, We're gonna well, feed they're, you continuously. Well, here, okay. If you go to Los Angeles, they have smoothies everywhere. Oh, so, I yeah, love smoothies. In, in Los Angeles, the food is liquid, but all oh, the food, not, not totally food, liquid. Okay, there. look, guys, look, guys. It's you more back like a into smoothie. the corner, and I'm trying to explain myself. Yes, okay, go ahead. So the food here is not <laughs> liquid; it is solid, Hold which on. is a good first step. Yeah, uh, but. The way I think of the food here is the way I think of the food in London. When you reach a certain level of development where your country is just so overall good, the, the food has to be good, at least in some areas. So whereas I would not like to eat the traditional food of Switzerland or Germany. What is the traditional Germany, food? What, what, something we haven't eaten yet, and I've but we've seen it in the the fairs the fall fair and the christmas market and it's something that i do not want to eat but when it they they have what they want here they're so developed that if you want to get good japanese food if you want to get good chinese food if you want to get good lebanese food if you want to get good american food you can find it and it'll taste good it'll be expensive but it it will taste good we had good lebanese food here yeah yeah but swiss food is
1: it's you know you can look it up online what Mm. swiss food is but we've had some things that are very uniquely Swiss—not just Swiss, but Basel. We've had lekali. We had—we visited the lekali, oh, you know which is gingerbread. And there we
2: there are some good foods. Lekali, Burricks. Those are the two things. Burek is eating. not even Swiss. Burek is Turkish. Bur- Bur- <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, is Turkish. Oh, yeah. Um, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see about okay.
1: that. Okay. We've been visiting a lot of museums and walking around a lot. I'm. You have actually, unfortunately, been, you know, busy doing your schoolwork, so. Yep. but Aaron and I have been out. And Aaron, do you have any uh, highlights from Basel in case someone wants to
0: visit? Highlights from Basel. If you didn't know, Basel is in the corner of three countries, Switzerland, France, and Germany. And that means that you can go to Germany Uh, for your groceries, you can (laughs) rent an apartment in France, and then during the day you can work in Basel. You're you're telling people how to leave the country, My I thought we are talking about the country. Well, this is a little insider secret. The cheapest groceries are in Germany. That's true. The best rents are in France, and the best work is in Basel. So if you're thinking of moving to this part of the world, maybe working for a pharmaceutical company, I couldn't tell which one you would work for, but... There's only really two that you would... uh, I definitely, you know, I have no idea what pharmaceutical companies there would be. Uh, I'm lying, of course. Didn't
2: you guys say you went to one of their campuses? Yeah, well,
1: yeah, I'd love to talk about that a little bit. We went to the Novartis campus, and we... Was that this morning? No, that was yesterday. And uh, the interesting thing is that uh, it, it was basically closed off to the public for many years, for almost 20 years, and they have all these amazing buildings built by the top architects. So Gary has a building there, for example, and then there's public art, and they have a new visitor pavilion. They even have a grocery store and a
0: pharmacy there.
1: Yes, of course they have a pharmacy, and they don't just carry Novartis products there either. And I, I really enjoyed it. I like, I'm a fan of architecture. The thing is that no one else was there. No one has discovered this. so I have a story in Forbes this morning about it and there's pictures there I will link to it from
0: the podcast. But that's because this thing is brand spanking new or as they say in German, <laughs> Niger-alinois. 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 Yes. it is uh Yes, it is just open in October. So, so you, you have f- pictures here. Yeah, so you have the Dreilende Eck, which is the fact that Basel is right next, it's in the corner of three countries, yeah. basically. Then you have, of course, you know, Old Town, you have the uh, industrial area that is Roche Novartis so in terms of the old town they have of course we were talking about the Weihnachtsmarkt, which is the Christmas market they also have the Erbstmesse, which is the fall market which was just a couple of weeks ago and they probably have a bunch of other things Same vendors though and if same, you, vendors. same vendors yeah interestingly enough so you're they not going to miss anything keep the booth there and, <laughs> and from the fall they to do. The, uh, Christmas they do yeah. and If you come here for the Ebstmesse, you'll notice that there is a giant Ferris wheel. I don't know why. Maybe they do that also in the summer. Um, Other than that, Basel and the neighboring countries, just this general area, has tons of art museums. Why don't you fill us in on that, Chris? (laughs) Oh,
1: thank you, Aaron. yeah, the uh, Kunstmuseum was one of my favorites, the, the Art Museum, and they had a big exhibit on degenerate art. That's art from the 1930s, that, where the artists were basically blacklisted in Germany. And then the Swiss uh, actually acquired a lot of that art, and it's on display now. And it's the, there's this fascinating backstory to all the art, how they got it. And apparently the Swiss had to go through quite an approval process. They they funded it publicly, they funded the acquisition of this art because they thought it was very important. And it is. Uh, a lot of this art is just extremely significant for its time. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, actually, I would just say that I found it very educational. There, it, it, degenerate art, as it's called, or Zeresene Kunst, is um, it's very demanding. It's not something where you look at it and you go, oh, look at the pretty picture. It's something that challenges you, challenges the, your conventions, challenges you to look at the world in a different way. And um, I think that that's a very important function of art. So I really enjoy that.
2: We've, we've had
1: some... I didn't enjoy it. I was, there, it was challenged by it.
2: We've had some challenging conventions. Like when we were in Long Beach, it was challenging to get around uh, during Complex Con. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was interesting. It's... That was... V- yeah. It's
0: complex. It yeah.
1: was complex. It was a complex... It was a very event. complex event. Well, we were a year ago. Actually, we were in uh, Portugal. Yeah. We were, yeah. and we had not started this podcast yet, but we were about to. And it was, that was an, a cool experience as well. Did they
2: have any conventions going on in Portugal that were uh, complex?
1: No, or no, only in Long Beach. Challenging? Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, we could do a whole podcast
1: on the bread that they have here, but very briefly, I would like to talk about the bread situation because um, the Swiss are known for their dense, dark bread but we found a lot of bread here, Mm -hmm. a lot of variety. Um, One of them is called Björnbaum Brot. It's technically, it's a sweet bread. Yep. And it's like a, I think it's just made during the holidays. Mm -hmm. and uh, We've been eating a little bit of that. And then also
0: a bread called Herakles. Yeah. So to fill you in on what Birnbaumbrot is, and to spell it out for you, because you probably don't know how to spell it, all things considered, I mean, not everyone on this podcast is going to be native German speaker, like my father. So yeah. is basically translates something to pear tree bread, and it's made out of dried pears. It's delicious. Yep. And walnuts. Mm. And, and, and so pears. how do you spell that? It's B-I-R-N-B-A-U-M-B-R-O-T. Pienbaumbrot. Pienbaumbrot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Ackley's bread is just some, it's just like sourdough bread, I believe. It's sa- yeah, it's sourdough. Yeah. Figuring
1: uh, they're, the, the, they're so um, exacting. The Swiss love to have their bread served warm. So they, when we walk into the grocery store, uh, most of the bread is just right out of the oven. Yeah. Which is just incredible.
0: They've There's, got other sorts of bread here. I mean, we haven't been able to do the full bread tour because Well, we just haven't been able to see, like figuring out what's actually Swiss, that's a little bit difficult. However, if you come here, you're certain to have an interesting bread experience uh, and confection experience too.
1: Right. Let's switch gears and go to Zurich. Um, We were there last week and we probably are going to be there again. We're flying out of Zurich to our next destination, which is a big secret. We're not going to tell you where we're going to be. But uh, we're probably going to be back in the country because we are heading to the mountains again soon. But Zurich is the big city. And Aydin, your thoughts on Zurich? We stayed at a really cool hotel.
2: I mean, why would you ask me? I was the one that never went into the city. You, but
1: we stayed at a, a pretty swanky hotel while we were there called the Five, right on the hilltop.
2: The one owned by the Saudi, yes, right, the right.
1: Sukh. You check into the hotel and there's a Rolls-Royce with Saudi
0: license plates. Yes.
1: It's a very... <laughs> <laughs> it was owned by meeting. an emir. Yeah. An
0: emir. Uh, I think it was a UAE. No, it was the emir of Qatar. Interesting story.
1: Wait, is that, really?
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, Interesting I thought thought story we about
1: this place is that foreigners used to not be able to own property here. So the emir mm-hmm. a, built a hotel and turned the top floor into his residence. And that's how he got around that role.
2: Because they let businesses, right?
1: Yeah, you could you could have a business. You just couldn't own property. So he owned his own. So he owned a business,
2: and the business owned the property.
1: He owned the hotel, and then he had a home in the hotel. So technically, he owned a business, but it was also and a the residence. business owns
2: the property on which the hotel is on. Something Creative, like, something like that. Yeah. Okay, something um,
1: like that. They had
0: interesting bathrooms there. Did what happened you, with the bathrooms? You uh, you didn't see, but on the very top floor, what used to be the emir's. A home, yeah, it's big pants it, the floor. They basically mm-hmm. turned it into a bunch of clubs and bars. and in one of the alleyways, they have it like all black, it's dark and you have these it looks like there's human figures that are sort of emerging out of the wall. and then they have two bathrooms. There's the women's bathroom and there's an all-gender bathroom. Those are the two bathrooms. They don't There's,
2: have a they don't have a minutes. No. Oh, why? No. That's a good question. Aiden.
0: I, I think they're just being trying to be cool.
2: Yep.
1: But they, I have to say, uh, that place was. It was that's how the other half lives. or how the one percent lives. I was blown away by it. It was, the prices were high, uh, the clientele was like something you would see in a movie. Yeah, they were very dressed up. It was. Uh, I was. Okay, I'm an early morning guy, as you guys know. Like, I, You like to go, to go to bed at 3 a.m. I like to get up at 3 a.m. So we're on like opposite schedules. And so I get downstairs at about 3.30. I'm sitting there in the lobby and I see this, um, this Qatari guy. He was from Qatar when both of his wives were with him and they were taking selfies um, in the lobby. And the music was loud and people were... The, the guy comes over from the the desk from the service the concierge desk and he puts a beer down next to me and he says i thought you might enjoy this and i go um thanks so much i'm trying to get some work done <laughs> it's three in the morning and he wants to give me a beer uh and i said well thank you i really appreciate that but uh, you know i can't i don't even drink so but anyway it was a really nice gesture mm-hmm. i got some tea from him actually yeah so are, are you, i'm looking you're looking at me Aiden, and i'm thinking did you wish that that was you that someone just came over and gave you a beer at three in the morning
0: no no <laughs> okay Good. well i think that there was one part that we didn't get in the last podcast because i think we talked about the five in the last podcast which is that we went to the alps we went to a Graub- place called graubunden Vaz. Vaz Obervaz. oh yeah beautiful yes. so beautiful it is it was really an incredible visit and we uh, got to stay at this Lenshaide lodge, and um they were so nice there so yeah. there was no snow unfortunately but oh, at least yeah. it wasn't mud season on the top of the mountain there was oh snow yeah there. there was i think one night we woke up and there was more snow on the mountain but still not enough interesting thing about Graubünden is that half the city
1: was swiss german and the other half was something called romansch yeah which is uh, a mixture between french and italian and a little latin uh, it's weird because you see all the road signs, and they're and they're in German, so you can everyone can understand that. And then you suddenly you see a road sign that's not in German.
0: Yeah, and what does it say?
1: It's I don't know because it's not in German.
2: It says
0: what? It, it's
1: like a weird mixture of weird. French and. Yeah, Romage is not a very commonly spoken language.
0: Yeah, no, it is one of those long or whatever the heck they call them. Extremely it's obscure. Very obscure. And in any case, they speak it down there, interestingly enough.
1: And, they, uh, and even their German is different. They all have various different dialects down there. Mm-hmm. But it is easily one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been to, yeah. easily. And we will post some photos of that as well. Yeah.
2: It's so beautiful. It was. It was. It was yes. very
1: beautiful. And the nice thing is we've been invited to come back, so I think we're gonna be back in that area. We'll be over at the next mountain range.
2: Yeah. We're gonna have so much fun there.
1: Because it's there's snow there now. There's and I think we might, be able, yeah, we ski, might
2: be able to ski.
0: We'll um yeah. we'll keep you guys updated. We'll keep you updated in the next yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 So other than that, I think that, that's that's pretty much it. We've been enjoying our last days here. Uh has been having his finals. And, you know,
2: we've been just, we've just well, been really enjoying I, I Basel. I yeah. don't have finals.
0: Well, whatever it is oh. that you're doing, a yeah, yeah, yeah. final project no more, or something like there, that.
2: Right there's there. no tests in graduate school.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> final projects.
2: Final but uh, oh, you do yeah, have to projects.
1: not miss any of your deadlines, Aiden. Wink, wink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Let's start reading your comments. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, Aiden, would you like to read last week's comments? No. Okay, then let's have Aaron do it.
2: <laughs> okay, Aaron, it's your turn. Read the comments, read the comments, Aaron!
0: Welcome to the Reading the Comments the with comments. Aaron Elliott. The comments. So, our question of the week last week was, what was your most expensive vacation? Raebarb says, probably about five years ago on a train trip run by a German tour company, Three plus weeks from Frankfurt by air to Ashgabat, Turkmenistan, and then by train through Uzbekistan and to Kazakhstan, departing from Almaty via Astana. Great side trips to local villages and towns and minibuses, depending on the language. The English speakers were teamed up with the Norwegians, faultlessly organized, that's the Germans for you, very good meals, both on the train and in local restaurants, worth every penny. Wow. Now that that is a trip. That sounds like an adventure, yeah. That sounds like you're going a quarter way around the world. All right, let me
1: do one now. John writes, Antarctica, without a doubt. Antarctica is so expensive. Late December 2019 through late January 2020, our last trip before the lockdown. Pre-trip to Patagonia, small ship, 80 passengers from Ushuaia to Antarctica. I'm sure that I mispronounced that nine zodiac landings on the continent penguins walruses whales albatross none around your neck and petrol i made that up sorry petrols galore and a post trip to iguazu falls Sixty-five thousand dollars for two people john says i would do it again in a heartbeat
2: well at this point they're just flexing
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of money to be spending on a trip but it's antarctica you know so
2: Oh worth, yeah, that, that, it. if there's one place you're going to show off, it's Antarctica. I mean, geez, hey, everyone I would, wants to go to Antarctica. I would
0: totally go. Yeah. Yeah, it's as I wrote in the comments. All right, Aaron can do it. Tia writes, my partner is in a wheelchair. We visited Rome and Florence in 2019. The trip, including the airfare, accessible hotels and transportation was $14,000. The expensive part was the hotels and transportation in the cities. I found out... That travel agency we used, Sage Travel, was upcharging us for the transportation by 100% to 100 euros a trip.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I wrote a comment there saying uh, if, if you ever find yourself in that position again, you should contact my advocacy organization because that's, you know, upcharging you by 100% is just wrong. And uh, so, you know, let's not do that again, guys. Um, Jerry writes... We have our most expensive trip in a month on a cruise to Antarctica.
2: More Antarctica.
1: (laughs) Yes. Just to put things into perspective, a river cruise in 2010 for four was the same cost as a river cruise for two in 2018. So the price didn't really go up. Um, We're flying business class. That's going to definitely increase the cost. We booked a suite, which includes laundry and booze in the mini fridge. Our expenses on the cruise will be the booze package and a couple of massages. We're getting too old to not travel comfortably so we can enjoy what the cruise has to offer. I think that there's something to that. You know, if you're, if you're like, feeling like if you've got the money and you don't want to be uncomfortable, is treat yourself well. I probably should have done that. We have a huge, long, long flight coming up, and I was looking at the business class tickets. Okay, so the economy class tickets were $5,000 for the 3 of us. Oh. The business class tickets 55 were no, they were $13,000. And I was thinking the business class was 13,000 for all of us, yeah. And I was thinking, you know what? No. I'm there's no way. There's no way I'm going to spend $13,000.
2: I'm not worth $13,000 to
1: you. Today. I mean, you, you are, I didn't, but but I'm not. I'm, uh, <laughs>
2: uh, this is sarcasm, by the way. And if, if, if anyone thinks... Uh, you're entitled? I'm entitled.
1: No, okay. um, I know.
2: Because I know they like saying that a lot in the comments. That
1: you're entitled. Late,
2: yeah. You know what, guys? You know what, guys? Your comments hurt my feelings. My well, feelings are hurt.
1: <laughs> that's about it from here. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to our podcast. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, fine. Call yourself. We <laughs> will we'll be reporting next week. Actually, we'll be back in Switzerland, so we'll be reporting from the Swiss Alps. And uh, and I am looking so forward to telling you about uh, early season skiing and the adventures in the Alps and sharing some pictures
0: with you. So I'll see you then. See you. Awesome. Ciao, guys.
2: Goodbye.